Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind-the-scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 48 of the Maker Mom podcast. Today's guest is Sarah with Tool Girls Garage. Um, This interview is, I can't say anything but great things about it, Um, just really fantastic. Sarah's journey has so much inspiration in it, and I think you will agree with me uh, after listening to it. But before we let you get to Sarah's interview... I just wanted to let you guys know some exciting news that the Maker Mom podcast is going to be at WorkbenchCon in February 2020, moderating a parent panel. Uh, WorkbenchCon heard all of you very loud and clear and said, okay, let's have this panel that talks about um, balancing having a creative career and being a parent with kids at home and how do you manage that busy crazy hectic schedule and just making sure that you're taking care of yourself taking care of your kids and taking care of your spouse so i know it's going to be excellent we have fantastic people on the panel um so keep watching instagram for news on who all is going to be on the panel and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing all of you there in February 2020. All right, with no further ado, here is Sarah with Tool Girls Garage. Um, okay, well, why don't we go ahead and get started with, um, can you just give an introduction of yourself? You know, like, what do you like to do? What do you like to make? Uh, whatever you um, are up to sharing about your family, that type of thing. Okay. Okay, so I am Sarah Lisby. I run a website as well, toolgirlsgarage.com, that focuses a lot on power tool reviews at the moment, but I want to make sure that I, uh, a goal from the beginning has been to include more informational projects, um, kind of blog style posts about things that I make and work on, and obviously, you know, tips and tricks on how to get things done in a, you know, effective yet, um, you know, uh, less complicated way, I guess. <laughs> I think there's a lot of tips and tricks that people have learned over the years, and I, I want to be able to share the ones I have for sure. Um, but as I said, I do a lot of full reviews. And then from the Instagram side, obviously, I post a lot about just what's going on in my day, what I'm working on, um, what tools I'm testing out. I talk often about that. And also, you know, I enjoy making all kinds of things. Right now, I've been very focused on a lot of renovation progress, uh, projects in our house. We've had, um, we moved into this house not quite two years ago. We have acreage. So it's sort of a inside outside never ending um, cycle, which is good as I've uh, acquired, you know, more and more projects that I'm going to be taking on this year. So everything from tile work to, you know, I've refinished cabinets. I'm going to build some vanities, lots of furniture. It's kind of going to be never ending here coming up. (laughs) I have a feeling this house will never stop being renovated. 
that that's good so and that's bad, I'm sure. <laughs> I know. It, our last two houses were new construction. So, I mean, other than kind of personalizing it, there wasn't really much to be done, if you will. Um, but this house is a, it's, you know, it's older, had a lot of just, you know, not quite our style. And so also making like older layouts, you know, work for us when you're used to big open concept floor plans, et cetera. It, it's, you know, it's been a lot of fun though, kind of thinking outside the box and, you know, mixing it up. De definitely a different environment. <laughs> good, good. And um, how many kiddos do you have? So I have two kiddos. My uh, son is eight and actually my daughter is going to be six tomorrow. Um, my little man, Ben, he's uh, like the coolest kid in the world. Uh, he has autism and he has struggled with a lot of health, health obstacles over the years. And he definitely is sort of a huge inspiration for me to kind of never give up. And no matter what adversity you're facing, you can kind of push through it all. And Abby's so much like her mama. She's as high strung and type A as they come. <laughs> And she's very compassionate and awesome. And I, you know, wouldn't trade a single hair on either of their heads. Uh, my husband's name is Matt. We've been married, oh my gosh, uh, 13 and a half years now. Been together a little longer, high school sweetheart. So he's definitely kind of my, my backbone, if you will. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go back a little bit. What was your, sure. your childhood like? Where'd you grow up? What kind of things were you interested in as a kid? Oh, gosh. So I grew up here in Houston, Texas. Um, my, I was one of three girls, so we had all kinds of fun stuff going, going on when I was a kid. I was definitely more of a girly girl back then. Um, it's interesting because I like look at photos of myself from those years, and I'm like, wow, that's so strange. Uh, where I've definitely kind of grown into being sort of my own version of whatever now. Uh, I don't like labels, you know. So he, um, my dad was sort of the guy, though, that was always fixing stuff, always, you know, uh, improving things from rebuilding engines to doing some woodworking. I think he would have loved to do more. And, and you know, I've seen so many cool things through the lens of him. And he did a lot of volunteer work outside of the house as well. Um, on top of his day job, he was always the kind of guy who just never stopped. Uh, and I definitely got that from him. My mom was like Miss Crafty, if you will. I was a Girl Scout and she was, you know, Girl Scout leader and was sewing and, you know, all kinds of arts and craft stuff. It's, it's kind of crazy. So I got to see things from two very different, you know, positions. And so for me, I kind of, I like to think I've taken the best of, of both and, you know, had a lot of fun with it, you know, and now I just do everything and my dad borrows my tools and my mom comes over for craft advice and it works out really well. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of weird, awesome. but it's, you know, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's neat. Yeah. So it's kind of awesome that you've got a little bit of that. Uh, I don't know if you want to say like reverse role perspective, but kind of. Yeah. And especially my dad, he was, uh, I always admired him a lot because he was the type of guy that uh, and I definitely, as I've gotten older, realized how similar we are in a lot of ways. Whereas I think 10 years ago, I would have said like, oh my gosh, we're so different. And we're really not in a, in a lot of ways because he would sit there and kind of, you know, every waking moment be working on like retiling, like one vivid memory I have, I was, must've been, you know, 10 or 11. Um, he put an addition on our house and it was like the biggest deal because it meant that my sisters and I each got our own room because my grandmother lived with us. And my grandmother was in a wheelchair. So he went from building this addition where we, my little sister and I both got our own bedrooms, which was so exciting, to then remodeling a shower to have like, uh, to make it accessible 
for her. And I was admired that he would go to work and then still manage to do, like he, he was a volunteer firefighter, a volunteer EMT, and then still managed to do all these things around the house. It, it was like, I don't know how he ever had all the energy, but I admire the, you know what, out of it. He's, he's an amazing guy for sure. Awesome. Well, yeah. So, so did um, either one of your uh, other sisters? I mean, are they into crafting or DIYing or any of that like you are? I think to very different degrees. My little sister is a genius when it comes to technology, so she definitely has taken a lot of, I think, the problem-solving aspect of it and made it just really you know, tailored for her. She's very, very smart. She, but we all spent a lot of time, you know, working with my dad as a kid, which was neat. Um, but my older sister is a teacher and she, I think has taken after more of my mom. She does more of the crafting. She's very, um, how do I say she's just kind of a different side of it, you know? So I kind of think I got the mix, you know, and they, uh, they both have, you know, like very distinct, um, parts they took, which is really awesome. I think we're all very, like we all have very different personalities, but in a lot of ways, a lot alike, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what did you do like post high school? So I was in college. Uh, I worked full time. I, you know, had a very kind of crazy life. We had, um, let's see, I, so I worked full time for years and was in college and then, um, took a break from my degree just because it was never quite the right focus, I guess. Um, And then shortly after my son was diagnosed with autism and he was going through um, pretty significant seizures and health complications, I actually went back to school and was studying neuroscience for a while. And I never stopped building or any of that. That was always something I pursued. It was just more, I would say, on a hobbyist side. Um, And then I realized after a time that that wasn't you know, the education I was pursuing while it was, you know, teaching me a lot, I also wasn't getting a break from, I guess, the reality of of life, if that makes sense. I wanted to be able to focus more on being a mom in this situation and not trying to be like a doctor or trying to be a, you know, analyst in the situation, if that makes sense. Um, and it's hard without giving too much of a backstory because there's a lot there that, you know, has gone on a lot of years uh, gap there. But I, I, you know, I worked after I um, put that on hold, and I, I still think I'll go back and finish my degree at some point, um, without a doubt. I, I love school and I love learning, and I don't think that's ever going to be something that changes. Um, but I started working at a large online publication a couple years ago doing um, tour reviews, and then, you know, grew up to being an editor or, you know, over time evolved into being the editor for that site, and then left, you know, early this year to do my own thing. And so that was definitely a huge part of the transition kind of shifting focuses. So I sort of seen everything from every side, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know it, it totally does. And, and I guess when you're talking about like the, you know, uh, neuroscience type, type studies, I, I can kind of get that, I guess, from the mom point of view, I can only imagine like, um, I mean, uh, you know, neither one of my kiddos have autism, but my oldest um, sometimes, you know, can struggle with anxiety at times. And so I've done just like a lot of my own personal research on that. And I think, I think there's just that drive there when you become 
a mom, it's almost like whatever you can do to help your kids, that's kind of oh, what 100%. you're going to do. And I, I stayed home for several years and I was very content being a mom. Um, but I always was able to do my own thing. Like I said, with building, with woodworking, I was never, it was never like on hold. I just didn't really post about it or talk about it, if that makes sense. Um, and I think that, that was a really cool part of, of that period of time too, is, is those early years I was able to focus on my kids and be there for them a hundred percent. But I also had the flexibility to, you know, kind of enjoy developing and learning my skill set, if you will, without a ton of pressure, you know? And, and so now it's easier to look back and say, you know, I mean, because I've had a lot of builds go wrong, a lot of things that didn't work out. And, you know, I always have memories of the kids attached to them, if that makes sense, you know, and that's, I don't know, I think that's kind of neat. Yeah, part of it. Yeah, it totally is. So I do want to ask a bit more. So you said you were um, in those early years, still always like building and stuff. Um, I mean, have you basically been making stuff from the get go, like your whole adult life? Or like, was there a time where it was like, you weren't necessarily building slash woodworking and then you got into it hardcore um I think after my son was probably when I got into it more um before him so he's eight and a half so I think that was probably when I started pursuing it more so obviously I had my entire you know kind of childhood adolescence where I was surrounded with it all the time um and then as I became you know, an adult life shifted and I was working full time and an income was important. And my husband and I got married young. So we had survival of the fittest, if you will, there. Um, and then also, you know, we had a lot of health obstacles as I was trying to conceive. Um, and, you know, I don't want to go too much into that because it's like a whole, that's, you know, you could do like five hours on that, if you will. But um, it was, you know, doing anything outside of focusing on having a baby wasn't really the focus. Does that make sense? And so we tried for years and then finally got pregnant with Ben. And then once Ben was here, I felt like I took a breath, if you will, um, and was able to get back into what I enjoyed, you know, and was able to, it started small again, where I was just doing, you know, small things from the house, like building shelves or bookcases, you know, like little projects. And then it, it, you know, kind of just grew and grew. And as we, you know, moved from our first home to our second home, um, you know, needed a lot of furniture, did a lot of refinishing projects there um, to save money and, you know, did a lot of fun stuff on that side. And then we bought this house and now it's, you know, there's so many projects that I feel empowered to do because I had, you know, so many, like I said, so many years to kind of approach it from a like purely like for the love of it. Do you know what I mean? And just for the for the idea of making the home for the family. And now I, I'm more confident to take on bigger things, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I just, I guess briefly just want to say like, I totally understand the whole uh, stress that goes along with trying to have a baby. Uh, Cause I also struggled with um, getting pregnant. And so I, totally- it was rocky. It was, it was <laughs> honestly, I feel like those, those few years are years that I, 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 when I look back, I can barely even remember them, if that makes sense. It was so, so difficult. And, and we suffered a lot of loss and it was very intense. And, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was hard. And I think I kind of lost myself a little bit. And in a way, when Ben came and I was able to get back into the things that I just naturally loved and things that I 
you know, held a lot of, I guess, nostalgia for from my childhood. And, and, you know, I, I think I really, I don't know, took on a different enjoyment of it. And, um, you know, I think there's also the side of it too. When my son was first diagnosed, uh, he was nonverbal really until a couple years ago. Um, and Ben was neurotypical till about 20 months before he had his initial regression. It was really painful, I think, um, you know, and you kind of go into crisis mode for a little while and you try to understand and you're trying to help and you don't know if it's something, it took a while to get a correct diagnosis because it was it, you know, just a phase, was it this, was it that, you know, we didn't know. And it was very hard. Um, and I credit him a lot to pushing me to get back out into the shop and get back to building too, because it was, it became like a form of therapy. And even when he didn't have much to say, if that makes sense, or if he couldn't get words out, he would sit there and, and stand with me or sit there and just watch me, you know, and help me. And even, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It was very, um, it was like this connection that we could form that at the time we, I think, just desperately needed, you know, because it's easy to take for granted communication and being able to like carry on a full conversation, even though, you know, he was, you know, say three, um, you know, it's easy to take it for granted. And I know for, for us with my daughter, even having her after him, you know, it, it's easy to look back and be like, uh, you know, for me to be like, oh my gosh, Abby, it's, you know, you're so intense. <laughs> Please stop. My gosh, you know, and, and she's, she's very like inquisitive, you know, she'll come out in the shop and she wants to ask 300 questions about what tool does what, which I love, you know, where he wants to still come out and he'll just like enjoy the, the calm, I guess. And it was, it was that way that we were able to form I guess, a sense of peace when there was so much chaos, I guess. And maybe that's the best way to put it. I think, I mean, I think that's a really, you know, beautiful that, that, thank you. That brought a way to have a connection um, with your son when it was difficult, you know? Um, yeah. It was. And, and I think too, you're really speaking to what I, I mean, your circumstances may have been different, but a lot of maker moms make and do woodworking as a sense yeah. of finding themselves, as a sense of um, therapy. You know, it, it makes you yeah. be in the moment. So it's that whole like mindfulness um, thought and approach to it because you, you're work if especially if you're working with power tools, you can't be distracted. You have to be right in the moment at the time. And I think, you know, uh, not necessarily you weren't working with power tools with your son, but even just like sanding and stuff, I think probably was therapeutic for him as well. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's funny because he's, um, he's very like mechanically minded too. Um, when he was young and like right after his first regression, he, instead of like, if you gave him a toy that like, you know, say one of those, square cubes that you could put the shapes in he would be more interested in figuring out how you could open it back up not just how it happened but like the mechanics of it or he would be the kid that would take something apart and put it back together and then he'd be like oh, okay that's cool and he would play with certain toys in a need to find like a solution to the problem if that makes sense like he was into trains for the longest time and this is sort of a, a funny story I guess in a way but it's also one of my like favorite memories of Ben um, and he was a little older at the time I think he was probably four and a half 
and he, he would play with this, these, you know, Thomas the Train things, which I think most kiddos with autism are very obsessed with for a time. Everybody tells me that, which is funny because my daughter likes it too. So I don't know if it's really, I think it's kind of a strange thing to say, but I think he definitely had a phase of that. Um, and he would put together these sets and what have you, but the wooden like tracks wouldn't fit the larger train through. So at one point I basically, um, took the sides off of like the bridges so that they would. And I added like spacers. And then he like never played with him again. It was like the problem was solved and he felt good about it. And that was it. And so it's funny <laughs> how like he, I, it's, I mean, it's really funny because he just, he's always been a kind of, he's so determined to figure something out. And then he feels peace when it's, when it's decided, you know? And I, I don't know, he's, there's like a million stories with Ben I could tell because he's, you know, he's changed me in, in so many significant ways, you know, and Abby too, but in very different ways, you know, and I am always so grateful for the, um, you know, for how my kids, I guess, inspire me. And I think all moms probably feel that way. You said it kind of best when you talk about like a maker mom, I think there's, there's that insane connection to how, how much you enjoy the process of building and how your kids inspire that. I think it's very, hard to quantify it, but it's very powerful, you know, and it's so different. Like my approach when I was younger, before I had kids, is so different than it is now, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think partially because we have so little time once we're moms, like we realize right? and <laughs> how little time we have. You have to enjoy whatever time you can get. <laughs> and, and you become much more efficient with your time, you know? I yes, absolutely. I don't think I truly learned what real multitasking was until I became a mom. Oh yeah, no way. Now it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm, it's, you know, it's a Saturday and I want like, you know, half an hour in the shop. I'm like, okay, y'all can play on the trampoline. I'll put the sprinkler on, which if you guys haven't tried that, you should. Cause I swear my kids, it's, it, it's like invigorates them. Like they think it's the best thing in the world. Granted it's a million degrees here, but still. Right. And then that's how you get your 30 minutes of peace, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So now I, I, I want to understand more, like how did you get into doing tool reviews? Okay. So that is actually a really funny story. So as I said, I've always been around power tools. I feel like I have a really unique perspective. But something that always bothered me when I would go to make my purchases, I'm a researcher. We talked about that earlier in everything. Okay. I like to analyze every perspective and, you know, looking at cost versus uh, performance, et cetera. I mean, all that stuff I find fascinating, but I would be frustrated when I would go to a page and it would be always written from a male perspective. And they always talked about how comfortable the tool felt in their hands. Okay. But what about if you have smaller hands or what if you don't have the same upper body strength or what if, you know, I mean, there were just so many facets of it that I felt like you never could find coverage on. I mean, you could find women using tools, yes, but there were no formal reviews written. And so I reached out to one of the publications and I just said, if you ever want a female's opinion, I'd be happy to offer it. And, you know, I clicked with them instantly and I worked there for a long time and uh, lots of good, you know, memories there. And, you know, I ended up really enjoying a lot of it and like I said as I grew to kind of manage the site and I was I wrote I think in the year a little over a year I was there I wrote a hundred articles and that's pretty intense for a year to be honest with you I could never keep up that pace now <laughs> I don't know how I honestly did it but it was it, I don't know you know there's this just this neat um kind of opened up this world to me I guess of being able to I guess 
be different, you know, because like, I, I don't know of another female, I'm sure they're there. And I if there are, I hope I connect with them. Um, but I know very few, I guess I can think of one or two that do tool reviews. Um, but, you know, I want to know it from like, how it's really used, you know, not just like a, a small moment in time, if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. And I mean, to me, it, that's amazing that you had the thought to even reach out to the publication. Um, I feel like, man, why have I been wasting my time banging my head against the wall? I've, I mean, I've had the same issue <laughs> with, of, you know, the smaller hands and finding yeah tools to use. I mean, I'm dealing with some major carpal tunnel issues because I can't find tools that um, work for (laughs) for my small hands. But my approach has been, it is, my approach has been like, I want, I keep reaching out to some of the like bigger tool companies being like, you know, come on, I'll help work with you on like, let's talk about some ergonomic changes that help people with smaller hands for your tools. And uh, yeah, Nobody, nobody bites. So maybe it's the, the route you took is probably the no, best I, route to take. I, I think what's cool is, you know, to be honest, I, I was very lucky because I think I came in at a level where I was sort of just a newbie and I was able to form these amazing relationships. And as my role evolved, you know, I got to know those people better. And so I have contacts at, at the major companies, which certainly has helped me as I started my page, my site. Um, to keep the content fresh um, and to keep the tools, you know, their new launches, et cetera. Um, and that has certainly worked in my favor um, because it definitely allows me to talk about, like I said, current things. Um, and I, you know, that's, it was amazing to be able to, I guess, make an impression on some of those brands enough where I'm still able to, you know, to work with them. And I, I certainly have my, my favorites, I would say, but they're, you know, I, I, I can't, but I mean, that's, it's been such a blessing for sure. And it's hard because there is a lot of things to consider. And there's some features on tools, like you mentioned the carpal tunnel issue, something funny. I, I was reviewing this grinder recently and I always prefer like a, a variable trigger. Um, but on that one, it just had an on and off switch. And at first I thought, well, that's so weird. Why would a new grinder not have a trigger? Right. But the more I use it, the more I was like, well, actually, this kind of works in your favor for me because I, I had the same issues, especially on my right side with my wrist. Um, it kind of works in your favor because you don't have to, it's one less thing you have to control, you know? And as, I don't know, as tools evolve, you know, sometimes there's features that the newer version isn't always the best and, and, you know, and, it, and every situation is so uniquely different. I think that's what's neat to be able to bring a different perspective to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's funny that you bring up the whole, you were just testing out a grinder. So I've, all the grinders I've used have only just been the, the on off switch. Right. Um, I guess I'm thinking of some of the newer, like some of the newer the, yeah. launch. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, that is actually, that is the tool that I'm like, I, yeah, I need somebody to come out with something that works better for me because um, I, I mean, that's, I wouldn't say that's all I do, but a lot of what I do is carving and with a grinder. And so, um, I mean, currently I'm using a Milwaukee, their small one, just because it's the lightest weight, the most comfortable I have found of the like 
affordable price range angle grinders. I mean, there's a few that I've right. been drooling over, but I can't afford yet. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest issue. I mean, I'm, I've actually been talking like I need to teach myself how to carve left-handed so that oh, I yeah, that give was, my yeah. rest, my right wrist a break. Um, otherwise it's going to get to a point one. I can't use it. Right. Right. That's, that's a hard one. I, um, you know, I, 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 you know, like for not only for the like carpal tunnel issue, but I think, you know, I mentioned earlier about like upper body strength. Um, I'm never going to be as strong as like, you know, a 200 pound six foot man. Right. And so I think that's another part that maybe gets skipped over a little bit in the tool industry. And it's, I think it's getting better as cordless technology, technology gets better as brushless motors are evolving. Um, you know, as electronic controls are coming out, we're able to like reduce weight a lot in tools. And I think that like, say five years from now, a lot of maybe the obstacles, smaller people just in general have faced, whether, you know, man or woman, to be honest. Um, I think that that's going to keep getting, you know, keep getting better. Yeah. And I'm, glad, like you, and I'm glad you said man or woman, because that's kind of the way I've been trying to like talk with brands about is it's, it's yeah. not, I'm not looking for some special tool for a woman. Cause for one, I don't want you to make a special tool and make, make it pink. Make it pink. Oh, please yeah. Don't make it pink. Don't make it pink. <laughs> I find that so, like, it's so dumb, but I find that to be like one of the most offensive things and not offensive. That's not the right way to put it. Just the most yeah, I don't know. Maybe that is the right way to put yeah. it. I just something it just man that gets under my skin. <laughs> it does me too, even though I like the color pink. But um Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm not offended by the color pink. It's just <laughs> that that would be suddenly something that you need in order to get a job done. You're like, "No, no, I just want it to be ergonomically comfortable." Right. I think though that that what's cool about the maker community is because it, there are as many women as there are. I think that's another side of it. I think A, as tool technology evolves, I think we're going to keep seeing this improve because the market has shifted to include more DIY users, you know, and, and makers. And, and that population isn't just dominated by, you know, large men, if you will. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you said um, kind of in your intro bit that you've recently, like you're not writing for that publication anymore you've you're doing your old own thing what what was what's the story behind I guess making that decision like w taking the leap from working for somebody to solely working for yourself I mean there were a lot of things that went into it it wasn't an easy decision for sure I think it just came down to wanting to be able to control what I focused on you know and not wanting to just focus on reviews um but also being able to do more projects and to do more, um, you know, um, articles that, you know, like I said, about builds, like about renovations that I'm working on, to be able to shift a little bit of that focus so it's not just, because as much as I love writing reviews, I don't want to write 100 this year. Do you know what I mean? I want to be able to mix it up and talk about other things. And, um, you know, there was also a part of me that I was spending a lot of time behind a computer and it just was not how I wanted to spend all of my time, you know, and now I'm able to kind of control it. And obviously, you know, there's negatives to it, you know, that you have a lot more reach when you're with a larger publication. Uh, surely your articles are going to be seen more. Um, but there's, 
you know, you have to look at it from being authentic to you and doing what you want to do and pursuing your passion. And that was how I just felt like it was time to, to shift things, you know, and I, and it's an investment in time, surely, especially for the first couple of years, as far as just on the site side, it takes time, you know, you're not going to go from, you know, a brand new page to, you know, getting a hundred thousand hits a month, you know, you're not going to do that, but it's, it, you know, I'm willing to put the time in because it's something I believe in for the big picture, you know? Right. So did you, did you have a website at all before leaving the publication? Uh, no, not, not tool related. Um, I, I've had blogs in the past, um, but none of which are active anymore. Uh, more like, oh, Hey, it's the trend to start a blog. Let's do it. And then I could never keep up with it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just different season of life, if you will. Um, but yeah, I started this one. I think the first article went live March 1st. So it's still sure. new, you know, still, yeah, still very new as far as from the website side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, so you, you had said too, you do want to start doing some with blogs around like what you're making and yeah, I, you're working that on. had always been my duet and projects that you're working on. Yeah. I, when I first started it, I had intended to do that more and it just, you know, I think it was kind of timing too. Um, it ended up being that I've had a lot of, a lot of review focus right now. Um, but I think that that's going to keep shifting. I've got a lot of projects that I have photographed and documented that I just need to get an article about. So, you know, kind of going over the next few months, I think that's going to be something I want to start including on a more consistent basis. And I think anybody will tell you if you run like a website or, you know, as, as a maker, you know, you have to get into a groove and you've got to find a schedule, you know, and a routine. Is it, you know, one review a week and then one other blog a week? Or is it two of one and three of the other? Or what, you know, what is your plan? And I think that's still something definitely I've been kind of trying to find the best balance, you know, and making sure that you're allotting enough time for the creative inspiration. Because it doesn't do me any good to write about tools if I don't allow my time, myself the time to use them, you know? Um, so, yeah. which is, I think, a big part of wanting, you know, in starting my own page, that was, that was a large part of it is wanting to find a, a better balance between the two. And, and, um, you know, that has been a lot of, you know, a lot of it. I mean, in the summer was hard with the kids home. That was, I'm, you know, that was even, a, you know, added another facet to it. Um, but I think it's, you know, I think in all the chaos, you just kind of find your way. And I think I'll look back on this, like say six months from now, I'll look back to where I am today and feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so much further, you know, because I feel like I'm further than I was, you know, say even three months ago. It just is an issue of finding the groove, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I feel like given, you know, the majority of what you do, that this has to be a question yeah. that I ask you, which is, are there, sure. have, you, have you met a tool that you have felt intimidated by? Ooh, I don't know. You know, I'll be honest. When a tool company says, hey, do you want to review tool XYZ? If I don't feel I can realistically apply it to my day-to-day life, then I'll politely decline. Just out of respect, not only for them, but also for my audience, because I don't want to be, I don't want to tell people that I can use, you know, this whatever. If I'm not confident that I will find 
really an applicable use. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and something not just that I can use one time, but I want to be able to make sure that I'm giving a fair review and a fair assessment. And I think knowing, you know, on the review side, it can be hard to find that balance between being um, kind of sticking in your, not sticking in your wheelhouse, it's not the right way to play it, but just making sure that you're discussing and, and coming about things from a very honest perspective uh, and into what your experience and what your skill level is with a tool like that. Um, as far as tools that have intimidated me though, so I, like I said, I generally will pass if it's something I don't feel is a fit for me. Um, but I don't know, I, I think a table saw is probably the first one that I was intimidated by, although I use it all the time. I think I, you have to keep, you know, there's, there's several tools, a table saw and then say like a router table, you have to keep a constant appreciation of that no matter what safety precautions you take, that it's still a dangerous tool. I think, you know, my dad taught me from a young age not, not to be scared of tools, but to be to respect them. And I think that those are tool, tool, two tools that I respect probably probably more than any other tool. Also a chainsaw, that'd be another example. Yeah, yeah, I think you named probably the top three. <laughs> that would Yeah, exactly, I know. I, I was like, wow, this is the most unoriginal answer. But I mean, oh, you're you good. know, it's, it is the truth though, because it's so easy to get in the zone and to make a mistake that, you know, you could get hurt. You know, I remember the one time I had an incident with a tool, <clears throat> thankfully. So I have a saw stop now, but, um, so the table saw thing, you know, but it shouldn't also give you like an unrealistic feeling of safety either. Cause you still have kickback and some of those other issues, but I was on my old table saw and I had a piece of wood kickback and wow, that was the scariest thing. I'd ever experienced. And it wasn't anything I did wrong. It was just that the two by four was slightly damp and it bound. And there was nothing, I don't know that going, looking back, I don't know that I really could have done anything different other than, I mean, I don't know, you know, it was, but it was just one of those situations that you just have to be respectful of, of the tool and, you know, be even more aware of what you're cutting and the conditions you're cutting in. And man, it was, I wasn't, that, that, that scared me for a minute. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, the scariest thing that I personally had was actually with a, an angle grinder and um, the type of wheel that I had on it is mm -hmm. one that does grab a little bit more. Um, okay. And so it, you know, I was carving on a log of not a huge one, but a decent sized one. And uh, it grabbed the log and I mean, flung it straight into my oh. stomach and it was, Oh and my gosh. I'm like so glad it wasn't bigger than what it was, but um No kidding. It definitely I mean, it knocked the wing out of me for sure. That that kind of thing has to happen. I think there's two <clears throat> I'm sure you everybody has seen this on Instagram. If you post a like a video or a photo of using a tool, I get this not as often as I used to, but every once in a while, where somebody's like, Oh, you're doing it wrong, you should have this, you should have this PPE or you should have that safety measure. And by no means would I say anybody's wrong, but one thing that I say to people is if you're comfortable with, make sure you're comfortable with what you're doing and all the safety measures in the world, absolutely they're relevant. But if you can't comfortably use the tool or if you can't <clears throat> comfortably do the job, that's dangerous too. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. There's, there's a lot of perspective there. Safety is so important and I don't think you can ever be too safe, but yeah. I also think we sort of, you know, everybody's got an opinion and it's, it kind of cracks me up to a point because sometimes I'll read through comments and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. 
Okay. <laughs> yep. Exactly. All right. And sometimes they're warranted. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely warranted. But other times I'm like, got it. Okay. You know, and you just have to, I don't know. Media allows too many people to have opinions about everything. And, I, and not in a bad way necessarily, but just, you know, sometimes you get to take oh, I, I agree. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, <laughs> it's probably a good thing in some ways that there are. Times. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's times where it's like, I will start working and realize like, you know, that I was so intent on like what I was going to be doing that I forgot like to put my safety glasses back on or whatever. Right. Or your earplug. Like, or, your yeah. earplug like I totally just, it just yeah. didn't dawn on me, but then I'll like look over and be like, crap, the video camera's on. So I have to put this yeah, on I know. so that I don't get the comment of like, I'm not doing it safe. And it's really hard because I think it's easy to forget that we're all human. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And like that mistakes happen. In fact, yesterday I posted in my story, uh, my stories on Instagram, I had a drill bit in a, in my drill. And as I loosened the chuck, it just kind of slipped out real quickly, which, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't being unsafe. There was nothing wrong with it. And it dropped on my leg and I got a second degree burn because the drill bit was that hot. So A, I didn't know it was that hot. Right. But B, Somebody was like, well, why were you wearing shorts in the shop? I'm like, because it's 110 degrees outside. I don't want heat stroke either. I mean, I'm not disagreeing that maybe pants are a better decision, but sometimes there's just, I don't know, there's sometimes just factors to it, but like, you know, and you can't defend every single comment either, you know, like that's not a healthy road to go down for, from a creator perspective. You have to learn to just, you know, be as safe yeah. as you can and realize that, you know, God forbid you make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah god forbid when you, when you make that mistake hope that it wasn't caught on camera um right or <laughs> or i mean like i'll own mistakes one time i was doing uh i was cutting on my miter saw and i'm not even gonna lie i had my earplugs in had my safety glasses on completely forgot to select my connect my dust collector just forgot and i got like 15 comments about it and it was funny because i put in the like in my caption that I had forgotten to collect the, you know, connect the dust collector, obviously a big no-no or something. I kind of like poked fun at myself, if you will. And it's funny how, how people will comment without reading. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, dude, I said, okay, all right, enough, enough. You know, like I said, I didn't connect it. It was, I don't know. It was, you got to kind of laugh at it a little bit because it's just, God forbid. <laughs> I know. All right. So you are doing tool reviews you're making you're now yep. running your own business you're a mom of two your wife how do you do it all um well some days better than others you know um i definitely you know as i mentioned earlier it's struggle to find balance between it all to make sure you're there for your kids but i also think it's important for my kids to know that i as you know that i'm their mom but i'm also an individual and that my passion you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, they matter too. And I think they, they understand that. And my family is very supportive. My husband's wonderful. He's, you know, uh, he's always my biggest cheerleader. And, you know, he certainly tolerates a lot of, of things very, um, you know, he's a good sport about it. Like he'll come home and I'll have like demo to wall. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to fix this or whatever. I'll change this pattern or whatever. And he's like, cool. And he, but he's, you know, he's, very easy going about it. And I think that that matters a lot in your support system, you know? So my husband's awesome. My kids are amazing, you know, and I think I probably should sleep a little more, but other than that, I, you know, I'm just rolling with it. Some days better than others for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. A good support system is crucial, I think, to making yes, any yeah. event work. Um, and also knowing that, like, when life gets in the way, like, when your kid is sick or when, you know, when things come up, to kind of be forgiving of yourself that it's not that you're slacking on your obligations, but also, you know, hey, I'm human, and you have to learn to give yourself a break. And that is probably harder than any of it, you know? I was just going to say that. I think that's the hardest <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. I'm not very good at giving myself grace to be like, right. it's okay yeah. that I didn't do that thing that I was expecting to do today. Yeah, and you have to learn to let it, kind of let that go. Because if you put that pressure on yourself, it's, it's a slippery slope, you know? And, and you don't want to be that person who burns out because, you know, their, their expectations, not just of themselves, they're just unrealistic, you know, and that's very, I mean, that's a huge challenge, you know, I think that's a huge challenge for all of us, you know, as moms too, just as women, I think it's, it's, it's hard, you know. It, it definitely is. What would you say is your favorite part about uh, making? Ooh, okay. So I have like seven journals, like sketch journals that I will draw. And I have, I mean, I cannot even tell you how many different ideas I have of all of these different projects that I want to do. And, you know, obviously life gets in the way. And so some of the stuff gets delayed, but to see something go from paper to like physically in front of me, because I, I don't use SketchUp. I want to learn how to do it, but I don't know how yet. Um, so for me, it's that process of this was an idea and now it's a thing. And to be honest, I almost appreciate when I do have obstacles that come up more than when I don't, because it gives me that opportunity to say, like, I, just to be able to experience the satisfaction of, of fixing, do you know what I mean? And I think it, it teaches you to be better, you know, it teaches you to evolve in that, in, in your skills. And to me, I think that's, I mean, God, that's, that's probably the best part is when I can fix a problem, you know? Yeah. And to yeah. see it all come to life, you know? Yeah, I totally get that. Um, I think that's the that part where it's like you you constantly want to learn, right? You don't learn yes, absolutely. perfectly every time. Right. I always tell people I'm a forever student. And that's why I say I'll absolutely at some point in my life go back and finish my degree for no other reason than I want to. Because I, I you know, I'm very open-minded. I love hearing other people's perspectives. That's one of the, I think, the good and bad things, you know, as I mentioned about social media, you get a lot of comments. Some are critical, some aren't. Um, but I think that there's, you can learn from everything, even if somebody's not being kind, right? Um, I think you can take that and say, you know, evolve your way of thinking too into, I mean, it just, it just educates you better, you know, and everybody has different feelings and emotions and opinions. And you can take this not only from making or how you do something. I mean, God, people get offended over joinery, you know, and so you take it from anything, but apply it to kind of everything else, you know, we, you know, social issues, political issues, whatever. I think that there's, there's beauty in allowing yourself to be open-minded. Do you know what I mean? And to learn to not take it critically, but just to rather appreciate everybody's perspective, even if you don't agree, you know, cause God knows, I mean, you may have an experience in your life. I'll never fully understand, but I may be grateful that I, like I could learn from under, from knowing about it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. What would you say is your favorite part about being a mom? Oh my gosh. Every part. Um, 
you know, I, it's so funny. Kids are, they're crazy. Do you know what I mean? They, they literally will drive you up a wall without a creek. And especially the kid, the age mine are at, they're both so busy, busy and, and, and just, you know, the energy they require is sometimes baffling. Um, but there's nothing like when your kid says, you know, like tells you they love you or, you know, has like this, this moment where a light goes off and they, they give you something, you know, or like one, one instance, my daughter this summer, uh, and this is kind of a maker story, which is why I think it's relevant. She, um, she was watching this cartoon and this one strong female character, which I love that they're including in cartoons too, um, said she, she like, she, she created, right. She, she did technology. She was a inventor. And she said, Oh, you're like X, Y, Z because she creates, but you build. And there was that moment of like how your kids see you too. That's very amazing and very satisfying. And to me with kids, it's, I don't know, seeing those, those smiles and the, and when they figure something out and just, I don't know, they drive you crazy, but you miss them the moment they go to bed. And I, I hope I never lose that feeling. I think my kids have taught me more than any textbook or any class or any person, you know, they just, they teach you about everything, you know, and in, in both of mine are so different that I feel like I've had such massive different experiences with both of them that it's, it's pretty, it's pretty astounding, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally get that. And I don't know about you, but my list of like things to make around the house is much longer from my kids than like from my, oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, they, absolutely. they think I can make anything. <laughs> yes. That, and that's, you know, that's a funny thing. My daughter decided she wanted monkey bars and she was like, well, you built us a swing set. Can you build, so you can do monkey bars, right? I mean, she's right. I could, but it was very like, there's that it's kind of humbling like in you know it's so easy I think as moms we're hard on ourselves I know I am I'm very I'm very hard on myself as a person and especially as a mom um I go to bed every night wondering if I handled this situation right or should I have told her this or should I have told her that and I think that that's you know that second guessing yourself is hard um but I think all moms do it to some degree maybe some more than others I admire those that are comfortable and confident in it um for me it's you know, I question myself, but I question myself in everything. And I think that's also not a bad thing. It, it teaches me to always see two sides of the coin. Um, but it's to see that you're a hero in your kid's eyes in, in a, in a way that's maybe not conventional. Uh, it's pretty dang cool. Like that's a pretty cool moment. You know, when my daughter will be like, Hey mom, let's go to home Depot. It's your favorite place. And I'm just like, Oh my God, thank you. You know, I mean, we're taking her to the lumber yard a couple times this summer and you know, her and Ben both just, they're so fascinated by it. And, you know, I've let them like lay out cutting boards and I've taught them how to do that stuff. And I mean, it's just, I don't know. There's being a mom is the best, you know, when you can provide comfort for your child too, like when, especially my son, he's still a very, sensitive kiddo and he's very like if he doesn't feel well or he wakes up in the middle of the night he'll climb in bed with us and, and he's he'll come and sleep on my chest and he's still at like eight and a half does that and and I think that's maybe one of the most beautiful parts with autism in general is everything just sort of happens in slow motion in a lot of ways he's developing he's, he's such an amazing kid so smart but not everybody can appreciate him I guess on the surface if you will um but he gets you in a way like 
his connection to me is so powerful that it's like, I don't know, that's hard to quantify it. You know, I mean, it's hard to explain what it feels like to be that important to somebody. Very humbling. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I got, I got all emotional there. Sorry about that. No, <laughs> hey, don't apologize. I, I was like almost crying. Sarah, stop it. Pull it together. <laughs> that's, that's what it's about. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like, again, like, given some of the roles you've had in kind of the maker uh, world that, you know, you probably have a little bit different perspective on this, but what would you say is like maybe a challenge that you've faced, especially like in the tool review world, maybe um, as a woman in kind of a more male dominated field traditionally? So it's, that is probably one of the like easiest and hardest questions to answer because I'm the type of person I don't like to, um, I don't want to make excuses for myself, if that makes sense. Like I, I try to approach things as like whatever obstacle I'm facing, I'm not going to let it stand in my way. I guess that's the right way to put it. Um, one of the things that I think I was very surprised about, um, cause I thought that, you know, given it's 2019, I didn't think this was a question I was going to get quite as often, but there were two things that almost every single person yeah, have you ever gone to like a trade show where there's, you know, a thousand booths and, you know, there's a lot of the major tool companies and, you know, they know you and, and they're, they're, they're more with the times, I guess. Um, but then you have a lot of smaller companies and you'll walk up and, you know, you're having a discussion and they're like, well, how did you get into tools? Like as if it was an odd thing that a woman would be into tools, you know, like that it's such a phenomenon. And it was, it, so I always find that being like not irritating that's, yeah it is irritating a frustrating question because how are you supposed to answer that respectfully you kind of want to put somebody in their place but you also I mean it doesn't do any good to get upset about it you know what I mean um but that's always frustrating and I usually answer with something like well you know it's you know tell them a little bit about my story and I try to just take it in stride and not let it offend me but I get that one more times than I can ever count. And there are people who are asking genuinely because they want to know your story, whether it is man or woman, they just want to know how it happened and, and they're interested in it. Um, but what gets me is always the follow-up question of how does your husband feel about it? And my husband gets the biggest kick out of me telling him those stories because he's like, you know, he's, my husband's a suit and tie guy. He is, you know, he goes, he sits at a desk every day and he works in on the finance side who has nothing to do with tools. He's only interested in them as so far in that he thinks it's cool that I know how to use them. Do you know what I mean? And it's not that he's not capable. It's just not something he's, he does. It's not his skill set, you know, and he's, it doesn't take away from anything else, but it's so hard to answer that question without being like, well, it's not 1915, you know, I mean, we've, <laughs> we've moved forward. And I, I usually try to make some sort of joke, like, well, he's fine with it. And plus I don't share my tools well either, you know, kind of like, turning the awkwardness around a little bit, but I think, you know, gaining respect, especially initially is hard. You have to almost prove yourself 10 times more. And a lot of people have the notion that, um, you know, I heard this a lot when I first started the page, they were like, Oh, well, you're a woman in the tool world. You know, it's like the unicorn, you know, you're one of only a few, you know, you're, you're going to do great. And it was always like, well, I want to do great because 
I'm talented. I want to do great because I know what I'm talking about. I want to do great because I can offer them something that appeals to their audience. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to do great because I'm a girl, you know? And it was very like, you have to do a lot of self-examination and going into a male dominated field, no matter which perspective you're coming from, you have to be willing to know that that's something you're going to face and you have to be willing to say, I'm not going to let it slow me down. And the reality is, you know, you're going to have people that say you're only successful because you're a woman and that's, you have to be, it's awful and it's hurtful and it's ridiculous. And I can't believe that at this, in this day and age, that that's a, you know, that that's even a conversation. Um, but on the flip side, you know, we have a lot of great women in history that that's what they heard to, you know, or they weren't even listened to because they're women. So to be offended by it in this stage, I'd rather just focus on doing me and being successful and doing what I enjoy. And if people want to watch and want to follow along, I'm so thrilled to have them, but I'm, you know, I want to be true to me and that's, just it you know you can't focus on what people are saying because that's it's never going to go away right yeah I and I mean I had this um conversation actually with another maker mom just earlier this week and saying that you know it's like you don't want to you don't want to get the job or you don't want to be seen as successful because because you are a woman in a more male dominated field but on the flip side, like, by being that woman in a male-dominated field and showing other women just by, you know, online presence and whatnot and growing, right. growing the women who are in the field, like, that's, to me, really the only way we break down that stereotype is to oh, 100%. grow the and, people. And there's a difference, there's a massive difference between women who are demonstrating to other women healthy role models and being like, you're never going to see me in the shop with cleavage. Like it's not going to happen ever. A, I respect my husband and my kids and myself too much to use that to my advantage, if that makes sense. Right. And I, and you see that a lot, but you also get lumped in those categories too. And that's tedious because people think they can speak to you a certain way, uh, which I don't appreciate either. <laughs> um, that has definitely been a little bit of an obstacle, but there's, you know, I mean, you want to be realistic. You can't ignore that you're somewhat different in the field. That, that doesn't make sense either. Do you know what I mean? But I think as long as you're doing it in a like respectful, um, healthy way, I think, yeah. And, and do you, you're going to have people that say what they want to say and you have to learn to tune it out, you know, and it's hard because I, it's, I mean, it is a struggle for me all the time. You know, I wonder you know, I wonder how it would be on the other side, you know, if I were a man in this industry, would I have those same opportunities? I mean, I don't think all men get hit on by male executives from tool companies at trade shows. Do you know what I mean? I have, you know, and it was right. like, I'll never forget the time that one of the times that happened. And I just was so in shock and I'm very rarely at a loss for words, but I was so in shock that I didn't even know how to, I was just offended in the most pronounced way I, I couldn't believe it I mean I had a wedding ring on and I was I had my media badge I was taking photos and I was like what I couldn't believe it you know and and that's that is it's so unfair to have to deal with it and I think um you know to be put in that position is tough but I think you know I look at people like April or Ann or all these amazing makers who are 
women who have somehow risen above it and they do it by just not letting any of those people get them down. You know, you just ignore it and you just keep going. And I think that that's, you know, that's how I've always approached it. And I hope that that's, you know, I hope that, that that's the advice I'd give to everybody, you know, do you and don't let it bother you. Cause it's gonna, you know, it's gonna happen. Just focus on setting a good example and being true to who you are and you want to empower women. You want to build women up and, you also don't want to ignore the fact that you're a woman because there's nothing wrong with that. You know, ignoring it is almost unhealthy, you know? Yep, exactly. Exactly. Well, Sarah, unfortunately, we're at the end of our time. So before we go, um, if people aren't already following along with you, how can they find you on all of the uh, interwebs? Oh, gosh. Okay. So I am on Facebook and Instagram uh, and Pinterest also. I think I'm on Twitter as well. Um, they're all interconnected. So, you know, you post to one and they're all there, but it's just Tool Girls Garage. Um, and my website is www.toolgirlsgarage.com. So if you find me on Instagram, pretty much everything else is connected. Awesome. Um, and I'll make sure, of course, that all of those links are included in the Perfect. show notes. And um, thanks again for taking the time to talk with me today. No, I appreciate you having me on. Hopefully I didn't, uh, I didn't totally bomb. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were great. I promise. Awesome. Thank you. All right. So again, that was Sarah with Tool Girls Garage. Um, I know you enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you are not following along with her yet, make sure that you check out today's show notes so that you can see all the links on how you can follow along with Sarah on her new journey of striking out on her own with her own business. And also make sure you are following along with the Maker Mom podcast on Instagram because that's really the best way to get to everything. So that's just at Maker Mom podcast on Instagram. Hit the link in the bio that can take you to show notes that can take you to Patreon so you can become a patron of the podcast and heat help keep this going week to week uh and thank you a shout out to all the patrons current patrons thank you so much for all of your support and your monthly um uh, payments there every little bit helps and keeps this podcast going and keeps my spirits up and going as i continue to talk to all of these amazing amazing moms about their journeys to becoming makers and how they manage it all with kids all right, until next week, I will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.